I think you really should consider coming to the Unlocked Conference. It will expose hidden potential that you didn't realize that you had. And so if you come to the Unlocked Conference, you will be propelled to the next level. If I could think of one word about the Unlocked Women's Conference, I would have to say refreshed. Anytime I attend the conference, which is every year because I don't want to miss it, I just leave feeling so refreshed for my purpose, for what God's called me to do. It unlocks the things that you know deep down in your spirit, but maybe you're not walking in, and it just brings you to a new place with God, and so it's so powerful. So I really want to encourage you to make plans to attend the Unlocked Women's Conference. Don't miss it. You are going to leave renewed and refreshed and changed like never before. It's the most encouraging time of the year. It's the time that I get to be refreshed and renewed in the spirit of God and all his promises that he has for me. It gives me hope for my future and the future for my family. I learn new things and new ways to go deeper in the spirit of God so that I can be effective in my walk with Him. I encourage everyone to make plans to attend this year's Unlocked Women's Conference, hosted by our pastor, Beverly Bilbo. The one thing that I could say about the Unlocked Conference, it is refreshing um, in a world where especially women feel so overwhelmed with motherhood and work and mommy duties and mimi duties and wifely duties. It is a real refresher for the soul and the spirit. And I just want to urge everybody, if you can, to attend the Unlocked Conference. You will not be disappointed. Well, welcome back. So welcome to Unlocked Women's Conference 2021. All right, so um, next before we get started and introduce our next um, guest speaker, we're gonna have door prizes. All right, so Miss Elma and Miss Ida. Miss Leona has our names. You're um, pulling for door prizes. Alma and Ida. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. The first blessed girl is Linda Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 
the net. It's Kia. Dominicia. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much for those door prizes, and we'll be doing that throughout the conference. Uh, one of the things I can honestly tell you about this ministry, they love giving gifts. <laughs> so, exactly. So, uh, I think that's a woman thing, though, right? <laughs> right? So, uh, with that being said, we're going to move forward. Our next guest speaker, uh, I have have the pr pleasure of introducing, but before I introduce, we're going to sing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, don't go too far, Miss Kim. You got to help me sing today. Oh, no you and Miss Vita. No Y'all ready to worship the Lord? Yes. Get some holy. We got powerful uh, atmosphere set. Miss Mary's session was phenomenal. And we're just going to usher in the presence of the Lord with worship. And nothing is impossible. Why don't you just tell somebody that this morning? Say, nothing, <laughs> nothing is impossible. Is impossible. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. God, we worship you today. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you for miracles. We thank you for signs and wonders to be released, oh God. We just give you praise, oh God. Mountains. We can speak to mountains, and they have to move. And they yes, have to move. 
When you're on our side Shout if you believe it Shout if you believe it Till every wall comes down Till every wall comes down Shout because you know that Shout because you know that Nothing, nothing's impossible Shout if you believe it Shout if you believe it Till every wall comes down Till every wall comes down Shout because you know that Shout because you know that in front of us and we tell it it's got to get out of the way amen hallelujah we thank you jesus let's prophetically declare this nothing's impossible nothing's impossible all things are possible, all things are possible. he's still working he's still working miracles it's happening now nothing's impossible all things are all house we thank you God for signs and wonders God that you when we come God asking for bread that you don't give us a stone God you give us just what we need God we thank you Lord Jesus that you are more than enough hallelujah amen we declare that healing physical emotional healing is in this place amen hallelujah 
Healing is here. Healing is here. And I believe it. Healing is
Father, we just bless your name in this place. Lord, as we are seated today, we thank you that you have unlocked us, Lord. We are unlocked women. Father, we are not withheld by the strongholds, the bondages, the demonic forces of the, this world that would try to hold us back. You provided and paid the price for our freedom in every aspect of our walk. And Lord, we have received that. We embrace that, Lord. And we thank you for what you're doing in our midst, Lord. And we give you honor and we have expectant hearts for what you will continue to do in each and every life through this conference this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. In a few moments, Kim will be coming back. But before she does, I just want to take a moment and say that um, we gave out some door prizes, but we do have a little something for each of you. In a few moments, we'll distribute that. And also, we are uh, going to leave following the service and go to Snow's. Hopefully, you all know where it is. If not, maybe you can tag along behind somebody. I'm going to try to scoot out as soon as I'm able to so I can get on over there with Marquise. Thank you to Marquise. She's always our conference coordinator. Such a blessing and helps make everything flow smoothly. I came up with a vision for this artwork, for these bags. I saw it, um, uh, Navy's. Blue's my favorite color. And so I've seen it a lot with black and white, and I wanted it with navy and white. So a few years ago, I came up with this concept, and so I shared it with Kia and with Bethany. And these ladies came here, and we worked. Let's see, I think I left about 9 or 10 o'clock, but I had to go to New Orleans and then come back here last night. And they stayed an hour longer. Isn't it beautiful? How amazing. Not only here, but and I know some of you, we are always, every year we have some ladies come for Friday only, some ladies come for Saturday only. Please make sure that you stop by the step and repeat in uh, the whole uh, display out there. You get your picture made out there and post it on social media so that you can help us promote this event because you know what? There's a lot of ladies that need to experience what we just got started. And ladies, we all know, need to experience what's going on right here in this room, in this very atmosphere. And so we want to share that. So help us. That's why Kimberly was asking a while ago if you would tag yourself, take a picture, and tag yourself, and check in, and let people know. Because this is not over. It won't end till tomorrow afternoon. And if there are ladies that say, hey, I really need a fresh touch. I'm going through something. I need to be unlocked. I need to be set free. I need the Lord to touch me. They got time to get on over here and participate in what's going on. It's so good to see faces that I haven't seen in a while and see new faces. And we welcome each and every one of you. And I really want to talk to y'all because one of y'all's got something about writing books or editing or something, right? Okay, all right. I saw it on the registration, so I want to talk to y'all. <laughs> We're in the process. We haven't. <laughs> Look, the Holy Spirit does speak through me prophetically, but that wasn't what was happening right then. I have to confess. Now, there were some that would have played that off and said, thus saith the Lord, you know, but... I can't play that game, okay? No, I knew from what you, I, re, I read every registration, so that's how I knew. And I know most of the faces in this room, so I put two and three together. <laughs> and then when they called out that Diamonisha won a door prize, I was like, that's them, okay. So uh, I want to talk to y'all sometime this weekend. <laughs> and um, 
we're working, my husband and I, on writing some additional books right now. My mother, who's 86, sitting right in front of you, is getting a book published right now, another one of her books. So, um, so we believe in that. So we want to we want to sit and talk and pick your brain. But we're glad that each and every one of you are here, intercessors from the North Shore. Hey, we got to surround this whole state with the power of the Holy Spirit tearing down strongholds. Amen. We're just believing for a powerful move of God in these next few sessions we have together. And uh, love y'all. And again, thanks for coming, especially those that don't know us. Thanks for trusting us that you would give your time to come and be a part of this. I missed Mary's session this morning, but she's always amazing. And so I'm thank y'all for being here. And thanks a million to Mary always for sharing. Kimberly, would you come? Because she is one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Um, and I can say that because I've known her since she's, she's been, yep, since she was 15. I think that's when I first met her and joined the church. So I'm excited because she has gone from, in what I mentioned earlier about seasons, right? Just seeing the seasons and the stages of her life and always moving forward towards the love of God, loving God, getting to know God, being deeper in the things of God, developing talents and gifts that she has, and probably talents and gifts she doesn't even know she has. So with that being said, she has been my little baby, my sister, and now my pastor and mentor in leadership. I am honored to be in her presence. Um, and I want to introduce you, and I'm telling you, when I tell you a woman of God, anointed, prophetic woman of God, the words that are coming out of her mouth, please write it down because it comes from the throne room. She's the one that can definitely have eaten the bread off the showroom floor. So with that being said, I give you Bethany Elaine Rasmussen. I know she didn't want me to give her middle name, but. <laughs> now I gotta live up to all that. Thank you so much, Miss Kim. So kind. Um, thanks to all of the team, Pastor Marquise, Kia, uh, Miss Vita, Miss Kim, Michaela helping out this year too, amazing. And then to my dad helping out with the media slash helping me with Bo. <laughs> I'm excited about the conference. I always look forward to the conference every single year. I'm honored for the opportunity to, to speak to you ladies. And I, it is my prayer that God would use my words or his words through me um, to minister to each of you, to whatever you're dealing with. Um, you know, when Bo was first born, we had a whole lot of difficulty with him sleeping. Like he's almost four and we still have difficulty sleeping. Like I think I may have averaged three hours last night because he ended up getting in the bed and he was just not sleeping good. It's just, you know, it is what it is. But uh, you do, as a parent, you do what you have to do, right? Like you just have to roll with the punches and you do what's best for your children. And so uh, in that first, you know, the, always the first two months they say is, you know, um, you know, it's really difficult you know, with nursing and the adjusting and then all of this stuff. And so, but then it was like, you know, the first two years, you know, it was like really difficult. We're not sleeping still, you know. And the doctor um, that we were currently going to was an amazing doctor, but he didn't necessarily want to, he wanted to try a lot of other things rather than just kind of hitting the issue, you know. And so I was like, we need to find another doctor because my baby is not 
sleeping well. He's irritable. He's not feeling well. And I think it wasn't quite two. I think, you know, he was one. And so we switched to doctor because I knew something was wrong. I knew it wasn't that he wasn't having colic at the time. It was something else. And so I thought it was his ears. I was like, I think he needs to get... Um, you know, tubes. And so we went to a new doctor and sure enough, the first day she's like, this baby needs tubes. So we got tubes and the baby, you know, he started doing well. He started, you know, he started sleeping better. Praise Jesus for sleep. And, um, but the, my point in sharing that story is that as mothers, we are equipped and God created us to birth, to nurture and to protect. And with that whole protection side comes with a fight a lot of times. And we're going to do whatever we have to do to protect our seed. And there may be some of you in here who may not have children, but there's people that God has placed in your life for you uh, that are spiritual children for you to protect. Amen. We all, God always places people in our life uh, for us to impart into. And so I'm, the text that I'm coming out of today is second Samuel 21. And, um, I'm going to tell you about the story. And there's a few verses that I'm going to read that I'm going to highlight that we're going to pick apart and apply to our situations. But the, here's the setting. So during the reign of King David, there was a three-year famine, like a long, that's, that's a long time. There was a famine. And so David's like, I, King David's, I'm, I'm calling out to God. And he started crying out to God and asking God, what's going on? Like, why? This is my version. He didn't say what's going on in the New King James. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he's, you know, what's the problem? What's going on? And he's seeking the face of God, which is what we need to do when we experience seasons of famine, you know, uh, you know, in the spirit, you know, there's things where we feel like we're dry or there's not there, you know, we're not seeing a breakthrough. And so he started calling out to God and asking him what's going on. And so God answered and he, he said, it's because of Saul and his wickedness and how he, that he killed uh, the Gibeonites. And uh, did I say, yeah, Gibeonites. And the Gibeonites, they were not like descendants of uh, Israel, but there was a covenant that was made between Israel and the Gibeonites. Okay. And so the covenant, the Israelites' responsibility out of the covenant was, was to protect the Gibeonites. Well, Saul went against that, right? And he killed them. And so the ones that were left, you know, they were there. And so David, he went to him and he said, he asked the Gibeonites, he's like, what, what can I do for you to make atonement, to get things right? We got to get this famine out, you know? So the famine is here because, you know, of, of what someone else did, because of their actions and their evilness, you know? And so I'm ready to break this famine. I want to make, you know, make things right. And so they answered and they said, you know, we don't want silver. We don't want gold. I mean, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Money would be great. Let's go ahead and give me money. But they didn't want any of that. They, they wanted seven sons. Sons, the, the remaining sons of Saul. And um, so what ended up happening, and they wanted to hang him. It was a very gruesome experience that we're, that I'm going to paint this whole picture for you. And, um, and so they wanted seven sons and they wanted to kill them. They wanted to hang them and not usually in a hanging, um, they take the bodies down and they'll bury them. But in this instance, they didn't want to do that. They wanted to just leave them Hang, like, hanging there and for beasts and for fowl to come and to just destroy them until it was nothing left. I mean, pretty gruesome. And so, and then I'm going to get more into that in a little bit of, of that whole situation. And so um, it ended up being out of the seven were two sons of Rizba. Okay. And we're going to be focusing on Rizba today. And two sons of Rizba, and the other five were of um, Saul's, it was, they were grandsons, okay? 
And so that comprised of the seven. So David delivered them, you know, to, into their hands. And they, they did what they said they were going to do. Rizba, um, let me, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me go ahead and I'm going to read these two verses um, to you. And um, here again, our text is 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 8 is where I'm going to read. But the king, um, actually, I'm just going to tell you. He took, you know, it begins to explain to you that he takes the two, uh, the sons of Rizba, and, you know, that was Saul, uh, his concubine. Rispa was Saul's royal concubine. And so out of that, you know, she may have had more commentators say, you know, she may have had more children, but it's two that's in this, uh, in this story. And so here we go. The Gibeonites, they hung the seven men. Let's go to verse 10. I'm sorry, y'all. Rispa, daughter of Ai, took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. Because this is, they, you know, had the hanging. Everybody went to go witness the execution. Rispa was there. I mean, I can't imagine, like, out, out, of the, out of nowhere, you know, because of what somebody else's sin was, you know, that my children have to pay, you know, and, and, and they lost their life, okay? And so she's there, and everybody sees it. And everybody, after the execution, everybody else leaves, but Rispa stays. And she took sackcloth and spread it out for herself on a rock. From the beginning of the harvest till the rain poured down from the heavens on the, on the bodies, she did not let the birds touch them by day or the wild animals by night. This scripture here is, is where I really want to go with. And I feel like the Lord gave me this. Well, the Lord gave me this message about a month or so ago for you today. I didn't know who's going to be here. And I know it's for someone today, but I want to start my first, first point is about tragedy. I mean, the tragedy that this woman, you know, first of all, let's just talk about Rispa. She was a concubine, a royal concubine, you know, going from silk to sackcloth, you know, going from a plate from the palace to then now I have lost everything because Saul wasn't there. Saul was killed, you know, and then and then now my sons have been taken from me and they are killed as well. You know, she has nothing left. You ever been to the place where you feel like you're all alone? And like, what else can be stripped from me? You know, and that's where she was, her two sons. And, and then they were hung and they were killed in a gruesome death. And some researchers say that they were not hung in the sense that we would think, but that they were actually crucified. And when the term says hung, it means that they were hung on a cross. Unlike some crucifixions, their bodies were left hanging for five months. Y'all, Rispa hung out there fighting, fighting the weather, fighting the birds, fighting the beast to protect what was left of her dream for five months. You know, some of us are in that place where we feel like, I have nothing left. And I want to tell you this morning that, that the message that I have for you today is, is to tell you to fight for what's left. Fight for what is left of your family, of your marriage, of your children, of your destiny, of your future, of your promise. The enemy comes in to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But it's our responsibility as women. We birth, amen? We nurture, but God's also called us to protect. He's called us to protect. You know, they, you don't mess with the she-bear, okay? You don't mess with any bear, but you definitely don't mess with the she-bear. I heard somebody wrote me the other day at Mall, Louisiana. They opened up some uh, called the Blue Zoo. I don't know if y'all have heard, heard of this. And there's a python, that, uh, and it's a female python that got out. I'm like, Lord Jesus, we ain't going to the mall. I mean, I do online shopping anyway right now, but, you know, I'm definitely not going, you know, and it's a female python loose. We 
we ain't, we ain't going, Miss Mary. As much as I need those shoes at Dillard's, we're going to go online or something, you know? But you don't mess with a woman. You don't mess with a mama. You don't mess with her kids. There's something about God has created us to be territorial over our children. You know, and that's a spiritual thing, too, that, you know, there's something about a protection from a father, you know, that, you know, that they, they, they can become physical and also spiritual. They're the head of the home. But then when it comes to the mom, you don't want to mess with a mom. You don't, you don't want to mess, you know, you can talk about anything else, but you talk about my kids, right? And, uh, but this is where she was, and she, she was there for five months, you know, and her shelter was taken to sackcloth, which that is a representation of what they would use in the Bible day for mourning, you know, they're, they're mourning. And she used that against a rock. She didn't have a tent or, you know, she didn't have any of that stuff. That was her place to stay because her agenda, she was like, I can't do anything else. There's nothing I could do. I can't control what's happening, but I'm going to do what I can to fight for what is left. I'm going to fight for what is left. And so the second point I have is, you know, um, uh, yeah, I think I read all that. Protecting what's left. So we're already there. So commitment and faithfulness has nothing to do with how you feel. Amen. As a mom, hallelujah, <laughs> getting up, you know, and, uh, you know, the wee hours of the morning, you know, having just a few hours of sleep, you know, you do what you got to do, right? Commitment and faithfulness is not about how you feel, but it has everything to do with what is necessary to bring the results you desire. I desire and it, to raise, my husband and I desire to raise our children up in the ways of the Lord and to do what's best for them in every aspect, at every cost, you know, at any cost to do so. And with that comes great sacrifice as parents, you know, to, to do so. And let's talk about Rispa. I, I hit on this before, um, was that she was a royal concubine to Saul. She birthed at least two sons. It was rumored that she was raped by Saul's commander in chief, um, Abner, you know, and, and anyway, that's a whole nother story. I'm not preaching about that. But, um, you know, this woman, she had a rough go of it. I mean, it's a rough life, you know, but she said, you know, I can't all the, everybody else is left. Everything is gone. She, she was alone and there was nothing left seemingly. There was nothing left. I mean, what do you do? What a hopeless situation. And, you know, like I said earlier, she went from, from silk to sackcloth. She went from a palace to a, a very low place where there's no shelter. I mean, you know, five months, there's rain. You know, she, the heat of the day and then the cold by night, she was out there. And I don't even, I mean, this woman, I don't know if they had a nearby Starbucks or something, but I don't know how or PJs, which we call Praise Jesus Coffee, you know, PJs or, or whatever that was nearby. I mean, they don't have that. You know, they didn't have that back then. And she's, you know, because she was so passionate about, I can't do, this is what I'm going to protect and I'm going to preserve what's left. And so, um, going back to, she stayed, I want to talk about how that she stayed. She couldn't protect the death from happening, but she did what she could to preserve what was left. She felt compelled to do something, you know, in situations, all of us are fixers by nature. Women, we want, we're peacemakers. We want to fix it. And sometimes we try to fix things too much that, you know, it's like, we don't even need to fix it. It's not broken, you know? And then our, you know, and then we aggravate everybody because we try to fix it. It's like, okay, just calm down, you know, 
And because that's just a part of us to we want we want to fix everything. And and rather than and it's hard for us um, to just let go and, and let God in, in some situations. But there's a lot of situations where God is wanting us to do something. You know, that's why you have, you know, uh, faith, uh, faith without works is dead. You know, the word says. And then you look even in the read of the book of Acts, which would, why is it called Acts? It's, it's the actions of the church, which is, is such a strong indication in so many. I mean, that a lot of, you know, we can pray and we can pray and I'm all about that. We need to pray, but praying without action. Praying without action is dead. I mean, we're not, we, you know what I'm saying? It's just that faith without works is dead. And so there are some times we do have to pick up, you know, our, our, our cloth and we've got to, we've got to get, shoo away uh, the, the, the vultures, the beasts of the, of the field, and we've got to fight to keep our dream, whatever that we've got to do. Some of us, our dreams are dead. Some of us, it seems like there is, everything is hopeless, but God wanted me to tell you this morning that you can preserve what's left. Come on, and he is a God of restoration, and as you continue to fight, and as you continue to, to begin to ward off those demonic spirits of fear, of depression, of discouragement, watch what God will do, and I want to go into that about what God will do. Uh, in the situation where it seemed like nothing could change. Nothing could change. She stayed. Their bodies were hung. They were crucified. And she stayed to protect them. I mean, my gosh. You, you, you witnessed the murder of, of your two sons who didn't do anything that we know of in Scripture. You know, I, I don't, there was nothing that, you know, but it was because of their father. We got to break generational curses. Hallelujah. So that our children are not paying the price for what we've done. Amen. We can reverse the curse. Amen. In the spirit, we can reverse the things that we've done or things in our bloodline that we don't even know about. But in the spirit realm, we begin to tear down strongholds, break addictions, break things that are in our bloodline that we are aware and are not aware of. Amen. Look, my family's full. My history, my DNA is full on both sides of alcoholism. I'm not going to touch the stuff because I'm not going to open the door. I'm not opening the door. I'm protecting my seed. I'm protecting my seed. I don't want to open it. There are certain things that I'm not going to do that people may not understand, but because I have an understanding of the spirit, come on somebody, I'm not going to open that door because Genesis 4, 7 says, sin lieth at the door and it desires, it is waiting, it is salivating at the chance to have you and not just to have you because it ain't all about you. It's about your seed. It's about your children. Everything that we do is about our seed. Hallelujah. We've got to fight for what's left. We've got to fight for what's left. She stayed because she felt that all she could do was show some form of dignity, dignity to an expression of love. I mean, what do you do? What do you do? You know, in that situation and stay in there. What faithfulness, what commitment that she had day and night to Watch out, you know, for whatever would come to try to take what's left and to fight them off of those bodies that were hanging there of her children. And then, you know, I don't, not necessarily, I guess I was going to say by marriage, but it wasn't by marriage, right? She was concubine. But anyway, the relatives. <laughs> anyway, I was going to say her grandchildren, but I don't know if that's exactly right. But um, anyway, so not a lot of people would have stayed to fight over the dead, but she did. In fact, no one else in history has ever done anything like what Rizba did. 
like no nobody else has done anything like that to you know and so she mourned over her the death of her sons but also she came to a place to transition her mourning into a fight she transitioned the time of mourning into this is my purpose is to protect and to fight these demonic spirits that are trying to torment my kids, that try to come against my family, that try to attack my finances. Hallelujah. I, I'm going to transition what I just got hit with in the news that I just heard on the phone or from the doctor's visit. I'm going to transition that moment into a fight because I'm going to fight for, for what's left. I'm going to fight for what's left. She fought off the predators. We've got to fight off the predators that come for our seed, for our family, for ourselves, for our husband, for, our, you know, our dream, our purpose. We've got to fight. It's our responsibility for us to fight against the predators that try to come to try to take the remains. She remained there for five months. She fought off predators day and night. She spread sackcloth over a rock which was her place of shelter. Um, I, I think I already kind of hit on some of this, but I wanted to just share this part. I thought this was very interesting that some research, researchers say that the fabric that she put on the rock was more like a blanket, that it was heavy, you know, and that it was, uh, it was, it was a heavy kind of a fabric to use. Some people, some commentators say that she used the sackcloth to ward off the, um, you know, the, the vultures and the beasts and all. Some say that she had a sword. Some say she had a handkerchief. But she used something, you know. I mean, she had to be wore out. If she was using that sackcloth, that big old heavy cloth, I mean, can you imagine that woman, as she's still grieving, to pick that up, how physically tired. Let me tell you, it is tired, tiring when you're in warfare. It is tiring physically. You know, our body can only handle so much in the spirit realm. That's why when we come and we receive in the altar, while some people respond in falling down or, the, you know, the, it's because they our physical man can only handle so much in the spirit. Same thing in the demonic realm, that when you're coming against and you are determined to fight off the predators off of your family, off of what's left of your dream, many times that you can feel physically exhausted. Amen? But that's not to say we don't need to keep fighting. That means that we need to surround ourselves. That's the thing that gets me is that Rispa was alone. There was no one there. In fact, her actions were heard all through the town. Everybody heard about it because it was just so unbelievable that this, you know, what happened to the sons, but then what she was doing. And um, she was known as the guardian of the dead. She knew their bodies would be taken. Uh, she, you know, the, the whole plan was to just leave their bodies there and not to bury them. But because of her actions and her persistence and her commitment and her faithfulness of shooing off and fighting for what was left, it caught the attention of the king. How do we move the heart of God? Is with our commitment. And with our faithfulness and when we don't know what else to do I'm gonna pray if I have to get up early in the morning I, I, I have to stay up late at night and read my word I'm gonna fight for my family I'm gonna fight for what's left I'm gonna get the heart of the king I'm gonna get the attention of the king and guess what what was intended it was actually reversed because of a woman's actions and they David he got he got it he was like wow this is amazing this woman her persistence and he they took the bodies and
and they, you know, they buried him. Anyway, there was a whole other thing of Saul and Jonathan, all that. They all buried together, which was amazing. And so it reversed what, what the initial in, the intention and the agenda was. Don't tell me that even if it's hopeless, even if it seems like there's no way out, that your prayers don't change situations. Yeah. It, you know, our prayers and our fight, uh, uh, you know, we got to get back in the ring. You know, some of us, we're just, we begin, we're getting so tired. You know, we're tired and we're exhausted of all the warfare and I get it. I get it. You know, well, so we got to surround ourselves with people who are believers and who understand spiritual warfare because, you know, and the Holy Spirit encourages us, you know, and encourage and strengthens our spirit. We have, I ask the Lord uh, for supernatural energy. I ask him, God, give me supernatural energy. You know, in seasons where I'm feeling exhausted and I know it's demonic warfare, I'm not going to step back because I'm already in it. I mean, if I'm already in the ring, we're going to finish it and then we're going to win. You know, we're going to finish this thing out. And, 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 and you got to keep pressing. And anyway, so uh, um, the guarding of the dead. Okay. And so, yes, let me get to this next page. Almost done here. Um, but that's, that's what the word is this morning, is to fight for what's left. What has the enemy stolen from you? What has the enemy tried to take from you? Some of us, it, it might be our children. It might be, you know, finances. It might be dreams that we don't know how, how, how is this situation going to turn around? How is this, you know, I, I don't know what it is. The Lord knows what it is. But just as in the story of Rispa that we, that we just talked about, excuse me, that we, we've got to keep on fighting, yes, and fighting the beasts, fighting spirits of fear. Don't let them take what's left. Don't let, stop allowing the enemy to trample on what's left. When God has called you to fight, to rise up, mighty warrior, mighty woman of God, and fight, fight. Pick up your handkerchief, your sword. You know, whatever that you have in your hand and fight for what's left. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Your faithfulness and commitment will turn the heart of the king. Turn the heart of the true king. And we will have restoration. And we will have favor with the king. And, and he will turn things around for us because of our faithfulness and because of not giving up. Hallelujah. Some of us, we need to pick it up. We need to pick up that sackcloth. We need to pick up that handkerchief. We need to start fighting for our marriage. We need to start fighting for our children. We need to start fighting for, for, for our dreams. And stop allowing the enemy to make you think this is it. And it will never come back again. And, and you know, the, we triumph is my final point, is that this was a triumphant situation. What was tragedy turned into triumph. And that's what God does in our life, is, is that when we are faithful and when we, you know, I, she didn't feel like, I, I know she didn't feel like, I didn't feel, she didn't feel like sleeping on a rock, sleeping on a sackcloth, but she did it because you know, and I think even at the, she didn't even know what the end result was going to be. Sometimes we don't know what the end result's going to be. We just are fighting because we know it's what we need to do. It's just in us. I know I need to do something about this situation. And that's where she was. She didn't, I don't, I think she's probably just as shocked as everybody else was when, when the, everything began to change, you know, in this situation. And, um, relentless, relentlessness brings redemption. Amen. And brings redemption into our life. God's looking for some women to move his heart with their zeal and their commitment. Being diligent and zealous to protect what's left will cause us to have favor with him. So 
I just want to challenge us today <clears throat> to stop allowing Satan to escape and to steal our, you know, to escape our lives and to steal everything without, you know, fighting for what's left. Yeah. Yes, you may have had some hardships. All of us have, you know, uh, you may have had some trials. You may be going through something right now where you're like, this is hopeless that I don't know how I'm going to survive this situation. We, we've got to We've got to be consistent and we've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep fighting. Don't allow the enemy to take your peace. Don't allow the enemy to steal your faith or your trust in God. We've got to keep, we got to get out our handkerchief and we've got to keep swatting those beasts, those predators, those demonic spirits away with our prayers. Amen. Woman, it's time to rise up and fight. It's time to rise up and fight to protect which God has trusted you to birth, your dream. It is time to fight and to protect what you have birthed. Amen. We need to stand up and tell Satan, you can't take what's left of me. You can't take what's left of me. You know, I, there was a movie which I couldn't see because it was too gruesome and whatever, but I did see the edited TV version, okay, like years ago. But uh, J-Lo in that movie, Enough, we need to get like that in the spirit where we need to understand our value. Some of us, the enemy has tried to take our value and, and tried to destroy our self-esteem. We need to stand up and, and, and to fight for what's left of that value. Amen. And allow God to take that and to restore that into our life to take that and our self-esteem where the enemy that has used people that we should have been able to trust and to count on and the enemy opened up a door for a spirit of rejection to come in and to try, you know, I'm telling you, a spirit of rejection will mess you up. And the enemy loves to use that. He loves to use that because if we feel rejected, then we go to certain places even in your body language, you know? You don't, you can't look at anybody because you don't know if you're going to be accepted. It's a lie of the enemy. We are accepted by him, you know? And we are accepted and loved by him. The enemy will come with various things to try to take what's left of you, but we've got we to keep fighting. we got to keep fighting. We got to keep fighting. It's time to pick up our cloth, our sword, and to go to war, to shoo away negative words. And that's, that's the message I have for you this morning is to fight for what is left. So I'm going to pray for you and, and then uh, we'll do a corporate prayer and then we'll open up the altars. I would love to pray for you. Our prayer team would love to pray for you. For those of you who are dealing with, you know, that, that, that people in your life, I felt that very strong as I was saying that was not in my notes. Um, people that, you know, we're feeling rejection. We're, we're suffering with that whole rejection thing. And God wants us to be free from that. Amen. That people that we we should have been able to count on that have betrayed us, that they have walked, you know, uh, trampled over us and have tried to uh, uh, destroy our value. You know, 
God, that's a lie. The enemy used that to try to break you down and to try to make you feel like your dreams will never come true. And that's a lie of the enemy. Watch what God will do. Watch what God will do with your story. Watch what God will do uh, to, to turn situations around. So Lord, we just thank you for today. I thank you, Father. God, that you are the lifter of our head. Oh God, we thank you that you are the dispeller of shame. God, and you've come this morning to break rejection off of our lives. You've come this morning, oh God, to break a spirit of fear and intimidation. I come against a spirit of anxiety in the name of Jesus. Right now, we bind you. We bind a, a, a tormenting spirits in the name of Jesus. Lord, and we thank you, God, and we speak peace over every mind. We declare that we have the mind of Christ. We declare that we have the mind of Christ. We have a, a sound mind in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for your healing power. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that for those of us that are fighting for what's left, God, that you will give us the strength. Some of us have been fighting. God, we're weary. We're tired. We even physically in our body that we are tired. Lord, I thank you for a supernatural surge of your presence. God, to hit our physical man. God, that we would rise up with supernatural energy in the name of Jesus to do what you've called us to do. Oh, God, to fight, to stand up and to fight. God, and we thank you, Lord Jesus. We bind every demonic force. God, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can come together in agreement and we can bind down, uh, bind strongholds and addictions, oh God. God, and we thank you for freedom in this, in this house over every life. God, for our children, we cry out to you, Lord. God, for our children, that they shall be saved in Jesus' name. God, in everything that is holding them, strings that are attached, we cut them off in the spirit right now. Every attachment to the enemy, every some that are dealing, even dabbling in witchcraft right now, I thank you that they will have a turnaround experience. God, you would get their attention and show them the true power of the mighty God. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus. God, that every attachment of the enemy, God, we renounce it in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We renounce every attachment of witchcraft and the Holy Spirit is speaking that to me right now. Some of us need to just begin to say, to, to renounce every tie that we have. If you have listened and if you have called a psychic, you need to renounce it. You need to renounce it. You dabbled into some, uh, into a demonic Era, uh, area, and you need to renounce it. You can't get your breakthrough from God until you renounce that. We break every demonic spirit of witchcraft off of our life, and we renounce every tie and detach every uh, tie that we have to witchcraft. We know, Father, that you are the true and the living God, and we thank you that you are the only God. You are the Lord of the breakthrough. We thank you that you've given us power, oh God, to fight for what's left. We want to turn your heart. We want to turn your heart towards. We want to get your attention, Lord. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory for the breakthrough in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to open up the altars for anyone who wants prayer, wants somebody to stand in agreement with you for your breakthrough. But some of you feel like you don't have anything that's left. You feel hopeless. You feel, I don't even know what else to do. And we're just going to begin to pray for encouragement in the spirit. The Holy Spirit comes. He uplifts. He encourages anybody else. We would love to pray for you. Some of you, you have. we have been dealing with um, uh, rejection. We want to break that off this morning. Let's just go ahead and do it on the first day. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you are praying for your children. 
fighting for your marriage, fighting for your dreams, fighting for uh, uh, the purpose that God has placed in you. And you need to just keep, we need to just keep. In fact, right now, I'm going to give everybody in here a, a handkerchief. So y'all can remember this message as a prophetic, as a prophetic symbol. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That'd be great. Amen. Hallelujah. We're just going to fan it. Come on, it's just a prophetic symbol. Amen. We're fighting. Come on, we're fighting for our family. We're fighting for, uh, for what God's purpose is for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. I'm going to come and pray. Thank you, Jesus.